Australian I know is, uh, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> God, do your, you, you should have like did the intro and crocodile. I, I tried. I couldn't. <laughs> I, I kept, I kept going to British. He went from like, uh, like crocodile Dundee to, uh, Chucky and Tiffany's weird ass fucking yeah why is, english doll why is does he have an accent I don't is it know. never is it ever explained no i think maybe because the guy who had him it's got an english voice i that shit was so dumb that whole thing shouldn't have ex- existed the whole thing was just him existing was stupid how they made him or her was stupid all of it was dumb the seed of Chucky could be erased from history and it would be a better franchise for it. But yeah, so that's all the Australian I know, unfortunately. Uh, welcome to the show. I am your host, a dying kangaroo in the road, and that is my co-host, a waterlogged dead woman. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the best you could cut a waterlogged dead woman. Not, yeah, I don't know. Uh, she was creepy looking, at least. I don't know how else to describe her. She, that's what she was. She was a waterlogged dead woman. Gave me like something cooler, like an arm and a hand or something. I mean, I thought about <laughs> naming you the hand, but I was like the hand. Yeah, that's that's not good enough. I was gonna go the with hand. like sinister, uh, detached psychic hand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. That's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess. I guess that's. I'll be waterlogged dead woman. You're waterlogged dead woman. And the reason that we are uh, Australian today is because we are covering A24's 2023 hit movie, Talk to Me. We're going to do a very, very new movie. So if you don't want the movie spoiled, then don't listen to this episode because that's all we're going to do. I guess there's people out there that haven't seen it. I'm sure there's people out there that haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. It's a newer movie. I'm sure there's a ton of people. Ton of people who, I mean, I, I think it just came out where you could buy it. Yeah, the other day, I believe. So, uh, Halloween is officially over. Boo. But we had a lot of fun during the month of Scaretober. We did a bunch of cool episodes that really like involved the holiday. I think all of them except for Friday the 13th. Uh, we kicked off the with the uh, Exorcist 50th anniversary. We got to go see that in the movie theater for the first time, which if you ever get the chance to see that in the theater, go see it mostly for the sound. The sound was amazing. You can't replicate that. I don't know. I, I thought the picture was. That's what the stood picture out looked to good me too, the colors on it just looked fucking incredible. It did. But man, I was really impressed by the sound. I mean, there was stuff in that movie that I knew that we'd even talked about in the episode. And it would like jump scare me because it would come from behind. It was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, that that's I'm pretty sure sound is what the Exorcist won their awards for back then. Yeah. But uh, we celebrated a Friday the 13th in October with one of the best Jason movies, despite that terrible ending. We both fell in love with the Trick or Treat movie for the first time. That is now going to be a uh, Halloween staple for us. We got to talk about one of our absolute favorite movies, which is House of a Thousand Corpses. And we had Rob Zombie in the pause studio for last week's intro. <laughs> we, we did. For the, 
for the first couple minutes. That's all we could afford. Um, I don't know why Rob Zombie had a southern accent, though. If he, he must have he he must have been really feeling the South. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. But uh, so if you look up YouTube videos of Rob Zombie and he doesn't sound like he did in our intro, just know that he was doing some kind of weird accent thing. We don't know. We don't. We don't know what that's about. But we'll take what we can get. He hit his head rolling in the dirt. That's he was just he was a little out of it. And we topped it off with the unrated director's cut of 2007's Halloween. So I think we had pretty big. We had a pretty big month. Yep, a good old spooky tober. And that's your favorite word, spooky. It's not the word spooky. It's when people <laughs> say spooky season, like spooky season. It's just it's everywhere. It's like it. It's like all people use, and it just drives me. I just realized we're kind of dressed the same. <laughs> yeah, orange and black flannels. It might be Halloween here. <laughs> I didn't pick this for any reason. Like I had my sweatshirt on, but I got hot, so then I took the sweatshirt off, and then I got a little cold. It's just not cold enough for like a hoodie. So I was like, I gotta grab a flannel, and this was this was it. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Well, you know, I've been wearing mine for days. So, so we Once. both have the orange and black flannel along with a black t-shirt underneath. Is yours is your t-shirt the lettering red and white? Yes, red, white, and black. <laughs> I have a nightmare on Elm Street shirt. It's a, the same colors so. <laughs> though. That's weird. Um, but anyway, uh, this the, was this was clearly done on purpose. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. It's kind of just <laughs> dumbfounded by the fact that I just noticed that. But the the best part of the whole entire month is we got a bunch of new listeners. So welcome to the Grindhouse Syndicate family. We are glad to have you. Uh, we did get to talk to some of you guys and gals. I got to see a bunch of your costumes. And a lot of you are very super talented and creative. There was a lot of... Uh, people that do like the wounds and and stuff with like the the makeup and acrylic. What, what's that shit called that people? No, it's not acrylic. It's not acrylic. So, no, it's um. Like, I have it. What the, yeah, what I, the know. Fuck is it I know. I know. I hate it. I hate working latex. with it. latex. Latex. There was a there ton of like the latex wounds and like people doing their whole faces. And you guys are drastically more talented than I am. <laughs> and some of you are more creative because. I actually seen this girl who had, I think it was the best costume and it's from this movie and she had done her face up in the makeup of like, you know, when the people in this movie get possessed, they're like eyes are black and like, yeah, they're like blackness yeah. like around their mouth and stuff. So she did her makeup exactly like that. And then she carried around like this replica of the hand. Nice. And I was like, I, I was like, yeah, this is like the best costume I've seen. I've like, seen a bunch of them. I don't think I've seen that one, though. Having the hand, that's you got to have the hand for that costume. But that's awesome. Yeah, she took a picture of her doing like that. Um, you know, there's like the shot in this movie where everyone with their head leaned back and they first get possessed. And it's like that from the top below shot. Yeah. But she did a camera like she took a picture like that. It was great. I wonder if she got the box set hand. The special edition 
Yeah, good question. That I really want to get that. Uh, it's only a hundred bucks. Yeah, I would like to get it too, but I I got I bought it. I just seen it in Walmart, and then it was like I gotta have it. So well, no, it, no waiting for it. It's a hundred bucks, and I you know I mainly want it for the hand. It has like five discs with it though, and I don't know what the hell could be on all five discs. I think there's just not enough stuff that should be about this movie. It's like five discs. I don't yeah, know. that's a lot. That's yeah. a, they did like a ten hour making of documentary. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, we could make a hand. Oh yeah, I've thought about it. Like for the Definitely. for the amount that you would pay for uh, the hundred dollar. Uh, seventeen disc box set. Yeah, um, but I you feel could, like it'd you be could a buy this stuff there. and make a ton of hands. I've thought about out, that. Give them out to fans because for for that those of them. you for those of you don't know, you know, I have a uh, an Etsy shop <laughs> where I make a bunch of cool shit. There's not, Th- throw not, that plug in there. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, we could do it. But I thought about doing it and selling them because they would sell super easily, but. Yeah, you could, we could give them away to some some fans of the show. Come up with something, some give, like giveaway or something. The hardest part about that hand, though, is doing all the writing on it. it would take a little while. Yeah, they were slick with the box set where they're like, "We'll let you write your own stuff in on the hand," which was such a good idea because that's well, that would be the hardest part is replicating the writing in the movie. Well, A twenty four is now selling the hand. It looks just like the one for the movie with the writing and everything on it. You can just buy just the hand. Yeah, I've seen that like maybe two or three weeks ago. But hmm. I wonder if there's an unboxing I find on, on YouTube or something and see how good it is. Do, yeah. Do you know how much they're selling it for? I want to say it's like 120 bucks. Yeah. I remember seeing it and being like, well, you could buy that whole box set and pretty much get that plus the movie and 17 hours of behind the scenes content i guess for oh. less money i wonder whose hand that is and if they got credited for it yeah good question i do know that they made six hands for this movie and uh one of the directors he actually took one of them home so he has one of the original ones that's a good idea i would have i would have kept one of those too no but uh, now that Halloween is over and you are bummed out like we are, and you wonder, what am I going to do now? Well, you can always hang out with us on the interwebs at some of our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook at the Grindhouse Syndicate Horror Podcast, Instagram at the Syndicate.horror.pod, and we sometimes do some TikTok videos. So the Grindhouse Horror Podcast at grindhouse.horror.pot. You know, you think as many times as I've said that now, I would not kind of fuck it up. I feel like they're all kind of different, though. They are, and they're uh, some of them are together, so it's like one big, long word, and it kind of fucks fucks my brain up. Do you remember back when there was just MySpace? Such such a simpler time. You can find us at (laughs) grindhousehorrorpod at (laughs) myspace.com. And if you, you know, comment a lot, you can be in our top, our top friends. Was it top eight, top 10? Yeah. Top five friends. I don't, I don't don't remember. I know it was top, top something, but, uh, we could build a really cool MySpace page. I'm pretty sure MySpace is still around. Yeah. I, I haven't, 
known anybody to use MySpace. Last I heard about MySpace was when we were playing a lot of shows in the band, and uh, I had some people tell me that musicians used MySpace more than anybody. They used it for uh, band pages on MySpace. Yeah, I, I could see that. Because you could go in and like code your own page, mm-hmm. and, and you had a lot more. I remember the first time I got on Facebook, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, why, you couldn't change anything. I can't like I can't customize the page. Like it was so such a letdown. You mean people can't listen to my favorite song when they're looking at my pictures? Like what the fuck is this about? Yeah, I I can't get a sparkly weed leaf floating in I circles. I was just about to say like <laughs> you're telling me I can't have a weed background <laughs> on here? Yeah. I can't get Bugs Bunny smoking a blunt in the background. Oh, man, those were fucking T-shirts and everything. Uh, yeah. Like all the Looney Tunes characters. And they're all like dressed as like rappers and they're getting high all the time. That's such a 2005 thing. Yeah, I'm I'm glad looking back at my MySpace that I didn't have one of those. That was like everybody's MySpace shit was was the, the weed smoking characters and. You had to add the little, the coolest new, like, weed leaf spinning in the background. I don't think something. I ever had a weed background. I don't remember what my background was, but mine I think was, it was music related. Yeah, mine was probably Panthers related at the time. That was most of my identity as a very young child. Mm. But yeah, I just I just remember being so let down by Facebook. Like I finally bit the bullet and I'm like, eh, nobody's on MySpace anymore. Let me jump on, on Facebook check it out and i was so confused i'm like do i just not know how to work this that's me with everything <laughs> that was the start start of not knowing it how was to work i was technology. in the, i was in the top of my game in my space <laughs> and it was downhill from there but uh talk to me is a i it's labeled as a 2022 movie even though it came out here in 2023 so i consider it a 2023 movie but wikipedia tells me i am wrong but it is a uh, 2022 australian supernatural horror film directed by danny and michael philippu philip i forgot how to pronounce their name i think it's philippu just fake it till you make it yeah. just don't just that was right i think it's philippo uh, something like that. And it was written by Danny and Bill Heisman, uh, based on a concept by Daly Pearson. It stars Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, Joe Bird, Miranda Otto, Marcus Johnson, Alexandra Stephenson, and Zoe Turakis. The film follows a group of teenagers who discover they are able to contact spirits using a mysterious embalmed hand. Only for things to go too far. We wouldn't have a good movie if things didn't go too far. Stam drugs. It was produced by Causeway Films and was released in July 27th of 2023. It is 95 minutes long. It had a budget of just $4.5 million and a box office of $90.1 million, Becoming A24's second highest grossing film. I think A twenty four's Hereditary, I think is the, yeah is the highest grossing, right? Yeah, and it it still is. I'm pretty sure that's a hard movie to beat, though. Uh, Hereditary honestly should have made way more money than it did because when I first went and seen that, 
I hadn't heard anything about it, and I just happened to be, uh, me and the wife was like, let's let's go see a horror movie. It was the only thing out, and it ended up being a fucking masterpiece. So, definitely should have made more money. But, it's, uh, you know, I, I guess, I feel like that that's kind of what put A24 on the map, was that movie. You know, I just realized we totally forgot to mention that we watched The Exorcist Believer and Five Nights at Freddy's. See, well, The we'll, Exorcist part's easy to forget. Well, we'll make this quick, because we're already into this movie, but uh, Exorcist Believer, thumbs down. Five Nights at Freddy's, thumbs up. That's all you need to know. But anyway, yes, it made $90.1 million, becoming A24's second highest grossing film. Uh, the directors worked closely with Samantha Jennings, one of the co-founders of production company Causeway Films. They knew her from her work on The Babadook, which is a really good movie. You can you can kind of see The Babadook a little bit in this, of how they tell the story, and it's just one of those... because. Because it's not a movie that has like a bunch of kills or anything in it. It is kind of a psychological horror got, thing going on. It's got some good scary parts in it, though. I totally did forget to tell you that instead of doing... <laughs> I think I did this last week. Instead of doing a kill count, because there isn't really a kill count. Yeah. I did. What is your favorite ghost of the whole movie? It was the coolest looking one. Yeah, you got to tell me these things before we do the episodes. That's kind of... Now, I'm going to have to wing it. I well, might fucking forget okay. one. Okay, so in my defense, I was fixing to tell you, and then you're like, oh, I got a, I got a theory for this movie. And the video's like, After I watched it? <laughs> you're supposed to tell me before I watched the movie for the episode. Well, anyway... Um, yeah, so then, you know, you want to tell it to Broken, so I had to leave the room, and I was like, I'll just tell him when I go back in there, and then, yeah. Well, we'll go through the plot, and I'll I'll remember as we go through. Just don't skip any ghosts. Yeah, you just got to think of the coolest one that pops in your head, because, I mean... I have one in the... my head now, but... Well, yeah, there's only, like, five of them total. Yeah. Well, there is that scene where he's, like, being tormented, and pulled apart by all those fucking souls which was really creepy too oh yeah i didn't really look at them yeah we'll we, we'll leave those out because let's just leave those out let's just stick with the other the, the ones that are in the movie that well they're in the movie the, you know what i'm talking about the ones that aren't in hell tormenting the, the ones that are in the story oh wait they're in the story <laughs> yeah so <laughs> this wouldn't be an issue if i had known about it beforehand I did go to do a best kill and, and was like, well, um, I, I don't, there's not a, there's, I, there's I not ran into, kills. I ran into that problem too. I was like, I went, I did. We would have had the kill same, count. same pick. Kill count. Uh, two. There's only two people that die in this whole movie. Yeah. And they kill themselves kind of. Well, no, there's three if you count her mom. But you don't really get She's to see She's dead it. before mean, the movie starts. Yeah, but it's, it's a flashback. They show it. I don't count that. But. Uh, well, she fucking died. So how about that? Uh, this whole this whole story wouldn't have happened if she would have just not killed herself. Or the guy in the beginning had not ever gotten the hand and killed himself. So the story is set in the filmmaker's hometown of Adelaide, South Australia. The film had its world premiere at the 2023 Sundance Film Festival in its midnight lineup. 
This spurred a bidding war with Universal Pictures and others, and A24 won and inquired the rights to distribute the film in the United States. Great job, A24. This is... With A24 doing up until this point primarily distribution, they are so fucking consistent in the movies that they pick because this shit felt like an A24 movie. Like, you watch this and it feels A24. Yeah, which is crazy because, you know, a lot of these movies, they're not not made by A24. That's what I'm saying with them primarily being distribution. Like, they pick the movies that they're going to distribute distribute after it's made they're very consistent i know they're they're getting into making movies Mm -hmm. because um they're they're about to do this uh friday 13th show and then a24 did recently announce that they were looking to start going after big like franchises they were trying to get the the halloween rights which an a24 halloween would be interesting i would say yeah, that might be good. But yeah, so uh talk about the ratings. I was surprised on the ratings here. Rotten Tomatoes is a ninety four percent. That's that's, that's pretty high. high but I, what what if I said they like Sundancey type yeah. independent films? Uh, IMDb gave it a seven point two out of ten, and Letterboxd gave it a three point six out of five. The average audience rating on Google is 3.7 out of 5. Surprised that audience rating is a little higher. Yeah, that's a little low. I have seen um, on some of the groups and stuff that we're part of, I have seen, uh, I'd say one out of, say, six people will complain about this movie and say it was a waste of time and it's boring. Bro, there's there's always got to be those people. Like... You know, I'd say one in ten trash is hereditary. It's like if it's a really big movie in the horror groups and people really like it, there's got to be that guy who stands out. It's like, oh, look at me. I thought the movie was the biggest piece of shit I ever fucking seen. Uh, If you would like to watch this movie, you can rent it on YouTube, Google Play, Amazon and Vudu for $4.99. Just go or you can buy it now. It's out. To purchase and if you are in the uk i'm pretty sure it is on netflix hmm. or or if you got one of those fancy uh what's the things that you you have on like your computer or VPN. whatever vpn if you got a vpn you can just lie and say you're in the uk and you can watch it on netflix we yeah. didn't we didn't tell you to do that though because that's probably illegal i don't know i know at one point you could like do codes in netflix like you go in and do codes. Like you can still do codes. codes. Yeah, I have the code list, and you can do that. But, uh, yeah. but it doesn't bring up anything from like that's on another country or anything. Well, if you have a VPN, <laughs> if you have a VPN, <laughs> you have a VPN, yeah, then yes. you can code it. You can. It's it. I think we talked about this like like a week ago that it blows my mind that Disney Plus, like at, uh, in other countries, has like rated r movies yeah they have like a i think they have like american horror story on disney plus in like canada because they don't have hulu canada doesn't have hulu i I, maybe only the u.s has hulu i've heard some people complain but a lot of the stuff that's on hulu like buffy the vampire slayer is on disney plus everywhere else that's weird it is weird 
that just you know here they think people are just gonna complain here well which they you know if they you're would. not from the united states disney plus here is just pretty much pg just that's it yes it's like pg stuff star wars and kids stuff and superheroes yeah that marvel stuff yeah i forgot about that yeah all right so we're gonna jump into the plot here you ready to get it going yeah Let's let's get into it. All right, so uh, we start off following this guy. His name is Cole, and he's walking into like this huge uh, house party. Very very popping off house party. There's like a fuck ton of people, and as he is navigating his way through this crowd, he is calling out for his brother Ducket. And it is very obvious that he's like worried about his brother, and his brother's like in this, some kind of trouble. He ends up uh, finding Ducket like hiding alone in a back bedroom. Cole ends up breaking down the door and finding Ducket like shirtless and he's got uh, got all these scratches and like wounds and shit on his back and he's kind of like disoriented. So Cole starts to kind of lead his brother uh, out of the party when suddenly Ducket stabs him in the shoulder with a butcher knife. (laughs) Uh, The large crowd kind of starts to scramble as Ducket slowly kind of walks outside and he then turns and thrusts the knife into his eye falling to the ground dead and then we get a simple black and white title card boom i love the intro love love that they give us this uh awesome shot in the beginning it's totally like you know bringing him out when he brings him out of the room and everybody's videoing too that's that's so dead on what would happen nowadays like if your brother was like dying of an overdose or something everybody would have their fucking phones out instead of helping I felt so bad for the brother in this this intro. Uh, interesting story about that. So the directors were talking about a big part of this, like all the cell phone stuff in this movie kind of came from um, this one situation he witnessed. But this scene in particular is a direct uh, result of him witnessing this thing in real life where he says his neighbor they were kind of partying and doing drugs. And then his neighbor had this really negative reaction to some drugs. And as he is freaking out, he noticed like, instead of anyone helping him, everyone just had their phones out recording him. And, uh, it was really cool that he translated this real life situation into this movie, because I think that's what makes this scene so real. Cause that's how, that's how this is now. There was a, um, I think it was last night there was a shooting in Tampa at night and like a bunch of people got shot at a kind of a um, like an area where there's just a ton of bars like people are just bar hopping and there's so much footage that you can kind of go online and find because as this is going on so many people are recording it with their phones it's like bullets are flying You know, a lot of people are running, but there are a lot of people running and recording at the same time. And that just kind of shows the world that we live in now. Yeah, it's that's sad. That reminds me of I can't think of the name. I don't know why it just popped up in my head and I can't think of her name. It's uh, they call it the something lady. But when Kennedy is shot and everybody's freaking out, this one lady's like standing there with their camera. No, yeah. and there's all these conspiracy theories and stuff, but yeah, that's 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 where we live now. That's everybody. Like I remember when the Las Vegas shooting happened, how much footage there was from people videoing and 
Yeah, that's sad. Also, is is uh kind of on a, a side note, is Ducket a common name in Australia? Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard. Good that. question. I thought that was an odd name to ask our Australian listeners if if that's normal. That's yeah, a normal name. Yeah, let us know. Uh, it, I mean, I don't know. We have some people here that have some kind of odd names, but uh, maybe that's not odd over there. I don't know. Yeah, duck it. His brother, fuck it. Instead, <laughs> said fuck it and stabbed him. Well, the mom named one of them Cole, and the other one Duck It's like she went kind of crazy with that name and then named the other one just like this regular name. They have two different dads. Maybe. Uh, we then meet uh, Mia, who is attending a two year anniversary memorial for her mother who passed away by su- a suicidal overdose. And during this, we learn that she has a very strained relationship with her father, Max. You know, I didn't notice, talk about Max, I didn't notice till the third time I seen this movie, Max is the only guy that's not Australian. He, he doesn't have an Australian accent. He has an American accent. Hmm. Never noticed that. I didn't notice that until the third time I watched it. And I was like, wait a minute. He's not Australian. Yeah. yeah. I never picked up on that. This is a knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told his wife. <laughs> not even going to try to reply to that in Australian. So, uh, Maya, uh, Mia, I don't know why I said Maya. Mia then goes to pick up her best friend, Jay's little brother, Riley. And on their way home, they come across me, the injured kangaroo laying in the road. That was me. This is the first time I have ever heard whatever sound a kangaroo makes. Yeah. They've always been silent. Like my whole life, like anytime you ever see one or whatever, like they don't make any noise. And then when this one was making the noise, I'm like, that's the noise they make. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if, if you were, uh, if you didn't pick up on the fact that this is an Australian movie yet, now, now you know. I don't think I don't think there's kangaroos anywhere else. No, no, I'm pretty sure they're only there. Uh, so they get out of the car and they discuss like putting the animal out of its misery by killing it. And this is where I was like, "You're gonna run it over with your car." <laughs> yeah, wh- what a f- <laughs> fucking horrible idea! Like, I I don't blame her for being like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." Well, it was her. It was like she gets in the car and like she looks. She's like, "All right." Well, he's like, "You got to put it out of its misery." Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm not gonna run it over again. Like, if it didn't what fucking if, die the first I was time about I to ran say, it like, over. What if it doesn't <laughs> die? What if it fucks your car up and then you're stuck there and it's not dead? <laughs> you have to sit there and wait for the tow truck while this thing's going like, <laughs> yeah, no, Whoa. I don't, I don't. Yeah, that would suck if it <laughs> fucked your car up, but I, I wouldn't get in that situation. There's no way that I would especially slowly run over a kangaroo's not. That's not like a dog. Or I wouldn't do it with a dog either, obviously. I wouldn't run anything over It's a fucking car. big animal, man. You would like feel that. And, no, that's a I've never heard of somebody putting an animal out of its misery by running it over for a second time. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, there was an Australian man in the bushes, you know, like a woodsman that's like, this is a knife right here. <laughs> I'll just kill it with this knife. <laughs> just knife it to death. Crocodile Dundee <laughs> jumps out the, the bushes. He's like, what we have here. 
Uh, so that's a terrible idea. Um, Mia can't bring herself to kill the animal and ends up backing out and just kind of driving Riley home. We then meet Mia's best friend and Riley's sister, Jade, who is uh, very much into her new boyfriend, Daniel. I would be so fucking aggravated if I went I thought, to somebody's I house. The same thing. They like, it, and this happens so much nowadays, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, whenever I was a teenager, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like that. Like if I go to a friend's house and they won't pay me any attention because they're sitting on their phone. I'm like, all right, well, I'm out. That's uh, yeah. I was thinking that is she's really nice about it. And she kind of tries to get her attention. I'd be like, well, you know what? I'm out. I'm going home. See you later. Uh, so Mia and Jay, they're like hanging out and they start watching some uh, like videos from a group chat run by some friends from school. And these videos, I got a hard time describing this. These videos are a bunch of teenagers at a party taking turns being possessed. And uh, Mia wants to go to the party and see if the possession is real, but Jade isn't interested. I guess that's like the best way to describe it because I don't I don't know if they really they really like mention on the videos that they're being possessed. It's kind of hard to tell what's going on. You just see like one person acting really weird and then like everyone kind of partying around them. It's probably gotten out like by, by that point. But yeah, it's very, very that's uh, a big metaphor for drugs. You know what this reminded me of as they're watching it and they're like, no way like this. This can't be the case. The time we went and bought the strongest salvia that you could possibly get, <laughs> and I was the last one to try it, and I'm watching everybody hit it and just lose their fucking minds, and I'm like the last one there, and I'm like, oh my god, like I know they're not all faking. <laughs> oh, that's a story. <laughs> um, so this is where we learned that Jade's boyfriend, Daniel, used to date Mia three years before. Uh, Mia and Jay don't really seem like this is like a big deal, though, because I guess when they dated, they had they're probably like 13 <laughs> something. They weren't they weren't very old. It's kind of middle school love. Mia ends up talking Jade into going to the party by kind of uh, mentioning like we should get Daniel to go or, you know, if, if Daniel's going to be there, she's down. She's down. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'll I'll text them while I sit right next to him. Which she does say a little bit later on that they've been dating for three months and they haven't even kissed. And I'm yeah, like, I caught that. Well, that's interesting. Even her little brother's like fucking with her over it. And she's like, you kissed a girl with a horse mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like oh well, okay i don't know like that's a horse it. mouth is one of those things you just you know when you see it yeah i'm trying to picture it i I'm did like, too. i'm not quite sure could, what that looks I like i guess I, I couldn't get it maybe it's an australian thing maybe just That'd instead of you know how we have horse girls over here who are really yeah. into horse they have they have horse mouth girls they well they have kangaroo <laughs> girls that are really into kangaroos oh, oh man i wonder if that's a thing maybe i wonder do people keep pet kangaroos? Good question. Somebody let us know if they have if people keep kangaroos as pets. Good God, if they do, don't let my wife find out. Yeah, oh, be yeah, a <laughs> this would be a fight. <laughs> fuck paying rent. Fuck all our bills. Let's get a kangaroo. But yeah, I I I do wonder because we always have 
dinosaur kids and horse girls are like every elementary school, every <laughs> class you ever come up in has that boy who's like obsessed with dinosaurs and knows every fucking dinosaur's name. And then you have the horse girl. I wonder if there's, there's kangaroo girls over in Australia. So, um, Mia and Jade and Riley head to this party. Uh, Daniel kind of shows up a little bit right after them. And if you notice, like when they walk in there, like some of the people at the party don't really like Mia. Like she is not a fan favorite amongst her peers. I don't really know why. They don't necessarily clarify. Yeah. I know that- somebody says she's real clingy and she's kind of annoys them. But eh, I mean, that's really not enough detail to understand why she's so disliked. Yeah, I didn't really get that either. She does seem like she's kind of having a hard time, like fitting in at the party at first, which I I completely understand her there. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like she kind of just I don't know. They acted like she didn't fit in, but she she seems like pretty normal. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe after her dad died, she was super depressed for a while. Could they do mention that? Her dad. Yeah. <laughs> Dad's alive. Her dad died. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> no, her mom died. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So then we meet Haley and Joss. And uh, these two are the ones kind of throwing this party. And they bring out the thing that everybody's been waiting on. The main attraction. As everyone gathers around the table, Haley pulls out a embalmed cast in uh, plaster. <laughs> Looks like plaster. Yeah, I'll think of it later. It's, tell people it's plaster. <laughs> it's like an embalmed, like cast in like plaster type hand. And uh, it's got like this crazy writing all over it. And they ask if there are any volunteers and Maya jumps at the opportunity. Maya takes a seat in the chair while Josh straps her in. They explain the rules, which is you got to light a candle to open the door and blow it out to like close the door. And also, uh, it can't go on for no more than 90 seconds. And if it does, the spirit will want to stay with you. Just sticks around like a like an evil little brother. And if you die while being possessed, they will have you forever. Uh, so they place the hand on the table in front of Mia and instruct her to um, kind of hold the hand like a like a handshake. And once you're kind of holding the hand like a handshake, you say the magic words, which is talk to me. And uh, so she says this and Mia instantly catches a glimpse of a very dead old man just sitting in front of her, which sends her into like a panic as the rest of the room just erupts in laughter. Mia calms down and she decides to attempt the hand again. And this time she sees a very grotesque, wet, bloody, bloated woman. I thought they had to say, let me in. No, that's not yet. No, oh, that's the so, second. That's the second thing they have to say. Yeah. Talk, so, to, yeah, me you and let talk me to me, in. shows you them and then let me in, lets them possess you. Or this fucking lady that she sees is creepy. It's gnarly. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. This. This is very well might be my pick for then the movie because she is fucking creepy looking. If I seen that, I would probably be like, no, I'm I'm good. No, I'm, I've seen enough. It's real. I I believe it. Yeah. So uh, they all tell her, you know, they're kind of chanting for her to kind of say the second set of magic words. And she finally does it. And she says, I let you in. Mia instantly throws her head back and becomes possessed. 
she starts kind of laughing hysterically and then looks at Riley and says, they like you. Uh, the door slowly opens and then loudly slams, causing the uh, like the teens in the room just to cheer in excitement. Like they're stoked, which honestly, I'd be kind of stoked too. I'd be like, oh, that was fucking creepy, but cool at the same time. So Haley announces that the time is almost up and Joss attempts to remove the hand from my, uh, Mia. He struggles to remove it, and he ends up kind of falling to the ground. The lights suddenly shut off, and Haley yells that the 90 seconds has passed, and they need to get the hand off of her now. She then ends up having to like join Joss and trying to like pry the hand from Mia's grip. They finally get it off, and the candle is blown out. Mia comes to and announces that the experience was amazing with a big smile on her face as the crowd erupts in cheers. Good time. Some good shit. It's good time. You know, I, I noticed, <clears throat> I'm not sure why they did it, but I, when she first touches the hand, she sees an old man. Yeah. And then she sees, after that, she sees that lady. They're not, like, related in any way. Um, I thought that the old man was going to be something that came back up later in the movie. Did not. It's still an old man in there. I think he's just to show that every time you do it, you get a different spirit. I think that's the only reason that... And I think that's also why he didn't look super creepy because he was only going to pop up that like one second. That poor old man, knowing what we know in the end of this movie, he's just like, he went to the table. He's like, I finally got somebody. I see a candle. <laughs> this is like paranormal chat roulette. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as he touches the hand, she like lets go. And he's like, God damn it. Back to back to waiting in purgatory. Yeah. That's yeah, that poor old man. That does suck. And he that wasn't even that man. creepy looking. He was probably like, maybe that was his like his first time. First. He's oh, that's like, what what's saying? this? He just died. And then it's like, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like chat roulette. You get random, you get <laughs> random people. You know, there's always a joke of like, uh, like a lot of women say there's just like a lot of guys just, just jacking off. on there. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was happening in the spirit world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some old guys just like going to town, the go uh, just beating his ghost dick. You don't, you don't even see it. You just see his face, like looking down at the camera, all creepy looking. Uh, so the next day, Jade approaches Haley and asks if she, um, if she'd be like interested in like bringing the hand to a small party at her house because Jade's boyfriend Daniel wants to give it a go. <laughs> Mr. Ultra Ultra Christian Daniel wants to be possessed by a ghost. Jade and Riley's mom is like leaving uh, out of town, I guess, for work or something. And Haley agrees to come by. So later on, we see a small get together at Jade's house. And it's uh, Jade, Riley, Daniel, Mia, Joss, Haley, and Riley's friend, who I don't remember his name because he's not that important. I did notice though, and I wanted to tell you this so bad while you were while you were watching it. Is you, it is it that Australia has who wants to be a millionaire as well? <laughs> <laughs> Do we still have that show? Uh, I don't know. Is Regis Feldman still alive? He's dead. He's dead. I actually okay. found that out like three days ago. <laughs> okay, he, he yeah, died I think years ago. If they did have it, I'm sure they got rid of it after he died. Um, do you remember what Jade is wearing at this? second party at her house nope well that's unfortunate because i seen that and i was like jade is dressed like kurt cobain 
<laughs> so she have a flannel on. No, a she's got a cardigan. Cardigan. Yeah, so it's she either has, a flannel or a cardigan. She has the light, you know, the light, um, like jeans that they wore back then. They're like, like super light blue. Mm-hmm. And she has a white t-shirt tucked in, and then she's got a cardigan on. And I was, that's a Kurt Cobain outfit. <laughs> Maybe that you know this they. I don't know. I kind of got the the feel from a couple of the characters that that, that Australia's more in that nineties. Uh, a lot of 90s. their clothes are very nineties. Yes, they're definitely. It seems like the nineties are more in there. I wish it'd come back here. They just get dumb shit that comes back here. I feel like, but um, kids are wearing like dangly earrings and shit. Yeah, I just she totally had the Cobain outfit on. If her sweater wouldn't have been like bluish or green and it had been like that, you know, was a yellow sweater, he kind of like tan sweater he wore a lot. It's the same, same sweater though. So uh, they kind of set up this small table and they place uh, the hand on it. And Daniel takes a seat in front of the hand and Joss straps him into the chair. Maya asks uh, Joss where he got the hand from and he explains that it is the hand of a psychic. That was cut off and embalmed, and then it was like covered in this like plastic or pl- pl- plastic plaster, plaster, plaster. <laughs> and that there is <laughs> damn <makes> plastic. plastic. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, that there is a rumor that the other hand is out there somewhere. Joss also explains that the hand was given to him by a friend who got it from another friend. So they light the candle for Daniel. He grabs the hand and he says, talk to me. He immediately gasps and looks away at whatever appears in front of him. He settles down and then he says, I let you in. His head tilts back and he is now possessed. It actually takes kind of like he has like a weird possession compared to everybody else. And I wondered if the reason that this happens is because of how like religious he is. I don't know. Kind of <clears throat> seems like it's different for everybody else. But, well, you uh, remember, I know, like Jade's freaking out, thinking like he's like suffocating. Yeah, because it takes him a little bit longer than it does everybody else, and they're just like, "Hold on, wait, wait." And then I just wondered if maybe it was a little more challenging to like take over his body, maybe because of him being really religious. You know, watching this movie the second time, and we'll get more into this, but it's very clear that these spirits are inside your head like they think the thoughts that you think and they know what you're thinking so that just makes this scene of him being possessed even more fucked up it Uh, makes sense why they haven't kissed mm -hmm. yet either yeah yeah it's 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 tough tough for him he jumps up and he's uh he has a bad time this would be this is like if you had the worst trip on like acid or something or when you get super drunk and do something really fucking stupid except everybody recorded it and put it on Mm. social media yeah back when i got super drunk and did stupid shit people didn't have cameras on their phones thank god (laughs) and i remember waking up and being like i don't even want to hear what happened like once you if it started out that bad i'm like i don't want to hear the rest don't want to hear it god i mean i could only imagine getting on like facebook and everybody i know is like shared it So the ghost possessing him then like looks at Jade and tells her that he hates when she touches him and that she makes his dick soft. 
That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> he then looks at Mia and begins moaning and licking his lips sexually. Daniel then suddenly tips the chair over and falls to the floor. He then starts to make out. It's like fucking the like, floor. It's like humping the floor. Yeah. And this. Then the dog sees this and the, is like, I gotta get in yeah. on this. And I could totally like have a make out session with this fucking dog. Yeah, the actor who did that, you know, props to him because I would not. <laughs> I, if they would have offered me a scene in this movie and been like, well, you gotta like very sexually make out with this dog, I would turn it down. Yeah. This is, I wonder if like they put like peanut butter in his mouth or oh, something. God. This is terrible. This is so gross. This is, this is a make you feel uncomfortable. It's not part even like movie. a cool looking dog either. It's no, like a, <laughs> I hate that dog. I don't know what kind of dog that is. It's, it's like this like something. English bulldog. It's like really fat and <laughs> slobbers and like snorts. It has not, not much of a face. No, they face already drool pushed. enough. So, you know, and it's like licking his face. Uh, and when he stands up and he's got like all the dog. <laughs> stuff all over his oh okay bro that would have been my first reaction now i would have got up and been like fucking delete it (laughs) but i wouldn't i wouldn't have stormed out and it was weird if he comes back and he like plays with it more that night and then they show everybody like taking turns no i'd have been like nobody is leaving this fucking house until i go through everybody's shit and make sure this doesn't exist so uh during his making out with the dog, the time runs out and they remove the hand from uh, remove the hand from Daniel. And he is very pissed off. He kind of storms out. But Jake kind of eventually like talks him into returning to the party. Then uh, Mia requests to go next again. She wants another turn. We then get a montage of like everyone but Jade and Riley and his friend taking turns with the hand. Everyone is like partying. They're all having fun. And um, kind of more at the end of this party, uh, Riley wants to take a turn. Jade says, fuck no. Like he is too young. Mia says to let him go for like, well, like 60 seconds. Jade refuses. Mia kind of calls Jade a bitch. (laughs) Fucked up. And uh, Riley kind of jumps in on like the talking shit to his sister and uh, Jade ends up kind of storming out after being upset. Yeah, that's not a very good friend. Like, literally, like, jumps you, taking up for your, your little brother. I get being a little brother and wanting to do that, but ain't no way I'd let my little brother do that shit. Um, like, just looking at the people when they're tripping, like, I mean, it just looks it looks so intense. I, I would be like, there's no fucking way. Somebody's going to have a fucking aneurysm doing this shit. But yeah, and what's weird is I didn't realize the first time I watched this movie is the spirits already have their eye on Riley from the very yeah. beginning. I didn't notice that when we seen it in theater. Yeah, from the very first um, party. Yeah. Mia tells him in the very first time she trips, like, they like you. She's like, looks at him as like, they like you. And then... The night after the first party, um, when he falls asleep watching Australian Millionaire <laughs> with Duckett Philbin, Philbin <laughs> they, it, I don't know if you noticed, but there's like this creepy ass hand that touches him in the head. And I think it's because she already stayed over 90 she, seconds. So she's already got these. Yeah. So they've had their eye on him from, from the get go. So yeah, I wonder if it's his age. 
you know, like that him being younger and being more innocent. Yeah, I wonder that. Uh, I thought the same thing, or it might be because she knows how close uh, Mia is with Jade and Riley that she can use Riley to kind of get to to Mia. That might be another reason why they target him. Yeah. Because they get inside of her head. They know what she's thinking. And it seems like she's really, really close with, I mean, honestly, in this movie, it sounds like she's, it seems like she's closer with Riley than, than she is Jade at times. It's yeah. Um, Well, since Jade's like super into Daniel, all of a sudden she kind of hangs out with Riley more. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, that's something I didn't pick up on the first time. Because the first time you watch this movie with no insight, you kind of don't have any clue what the fuck is going on in the beginning. But yeah, they've had their eye on Riley uh, since since the first time that Mia used it. Yeah, or maybe they just like his hair. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't, well, he's I got that hair. He's got, got a kind of a weird haircut. <laughs> he's got that 90s thing going, man. You remember how like people that fucked up hair? What's, what's the guy uh, from... Uh, the faculty. He's always got like. Oh the, god! He's yeah. always got like the hair sticking out on the side. Yeah, he, have it like that in every movie. For there's some a reason. really <laughs> funny. Um, there's like a really funny kind of screen grab from Halloween H2O, where he's outside like talking to Laurie Strode, and he's got like the fucked up hair, and he's standing right in front of a barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's always like, bro, just go in and get your hair fixed. Because <laughs> he just always know. has like, I just woke up hair. That like, I, I don't get it, man. Like why they, every movie they put him in, they, they give him that. Same. It's like he's known for. He, like, the he fucked was. Up hair guy. Now that he's older, though, he's he fixes his <laughs> he hair. He fixes it. Yeah. He, he, man, he, he was just. comes that calic on the side of his head. He was just in the, uh, that really good Black Mirror episode. Yeah. I watched it. I, I can't remember it off the Damn, top of my head. Good. I remember all of them being really good. Actually, I do remember a couple of them. Like two I remember the space really one. That, that was, was the one really he was good. in. Who, who did he play? He's the other astronaut. Oh, man. He must be getting old now. Yeah. yeah. He's old. He's oh, old. yeah. 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 He's the fucked up one, right? He's the, he's the one who's like going yeah. into that guy's. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Uh, his, he, that, his little that, robot version gets murdered or whatever by a cult. That, we could literally do an episode on that episode because that shit like was so grim and it was it was very it long. Was really good. But though. it was one of those like super grim endings. Like had Aaron Paul in it. Shit. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy everything Aaron Paul's in, but. Uh, where the fuck are we at? <laughs> We've gotten way we're, too we're sidetracked. We're in that part of Black Mirror where um, they go to space. Yeah, um, so anyway, Josh so Hartnett's Ry- character. Riley, <laughs> Riley's about to do the hand. He's, just he's change the episode gonna... <laughs> in the middle of the episode. So, so Mia agrees to let Riley do it for 50 seconds. Although she's not her hits. Like, she doesn't have any control oh, yeah, she over doesn't that. Have any say so, but... <laughs> Uh, so they agree and they kind of strap him up in the chair. Riley grabs the hand and he says, talk to me. And he is immediately stunned by what he sees. He then says the magic words and abracadabra, he is possessed. Uh, the ghost instantly kind of starts apologizing and calls Mia by her nickname. That's like given to her by her mother. 
Mia quickly realizes that Riley has been possessed by the spirit of her mom. Haley announces that the time is up, or almost up, and Mia kind of pleads to let it go on. Riley then pauses for a moment and begins to start slamming his head violently into the table. He then starts to pry his own eyeball out. Mia grabs him and tries to stop him. Jade runs in and sees like Riley like slide across the room, like in the chair, and he slams into this fucking window. It just shatters this window. And then he starts slamming his head into like this countertop corner, like the edge of the countertop. And which is, man, that's that's bad. Like slamming your head into a flat surface is one thing. Slamming your head into a kind of sharp mm-hmm. corner is completely different. Uh, it takes Jade like, uh, you know, this bothered me because Jade runs up and like breaks her hand. Sacrifices her yeah. hand. And this and of course that's your brother that's what you would do Mia should have been doing this shit from the very beginning like as soon as this happened if I would have been responsible for this and I seen like a, a kid start absolutely destroying themselves, I would have grabbed him and been like just not let you know I would have tackled him to the ground and fucking held them there well uh, I don't I don't she really... just kind of gets stunned and stands there and watches him like after after she stops him from prying his eyeball out which was fucking awesome looking. I don't know how they did that, but they did it really good. Was she, I mean, I guess in somewhat of her defense, she's really shocked. I mean, she just talked to her, but she thinks she just talked to her dead mom. And I think that that is, she's still in like shock from, I mean, you know, somebody dies and then, you know, they come back from the dead and they're like speaking to you out of nowhere. And you're just like, holy fucking shit. Like, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be a little, shocked yeah i would be shocked but if there's a few things that could snap me out of that shockness real quick it's this kid fucking slamming his head and face into the counter i don't know i just i feel like i would have instantly snapped out of that and and you know tried to stop him from destroying himself but this part in the movie i fucking love this part this was the part when i first seen this movie where i'm like okay this is going to be a good movie like this is this is that was done really good when he tries to rip his eyeball out like it's it's a very quick shot and i'm not sure how they did it but it looks so real like he starts to pry like he pries half of his eyeball and out the of eyes moving yeah. you can see the eye moving yeah it's, it's really well done yeah this this was the part of the movie i was like okay okay i think this is gonna be a good fucking movie yep this is where, like, if this was a roller coaster, the whole rest of the movie has been that part where you're going up and you're hitting the clink, 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 clink. And this is where you've reached the top and it's now time to start, start to ride. So Jade sacrifices her hand to save Riley uh, from one last, like, final blow on the countertop. Riley then passes out and falls to the floor. Later on, uh, Mia arrives home. She refuses to speak to her dad, like, about what has happened. And she just goes up to her room and reveals that she stole the hand. She done took it home. She's instantly, man, like instantly you can tell this shit has fucked her up. Like she's, she is way less concerned about what happened to Riley and way more concerned about trying to talk to her mom again. Like it this instantly, I think, becomes an obsession for her. Well, this movie, I mean, we've talked about it before. I, I, I really wish we could have 
done like a, or we would have done a shorter episode, like right after we seen it. Cause we had a lot of stuff to say then, but one of the things we've always recognized from the beginning is this movie takes essentially true stories, very, you know, very kind of true stories that happen with a lot of teenagers, but this happens with drugs Yeah, and this they, is... they pulled the drugs out of the story and they put in like a supernatural thing. And this is, this is the part of the story where the good girl tries drugs for the first time and loves it so much that she's, she's instantly just one of the people that can't just do it for fun. Yeah. And, that, and this, the hand is clearly a huge metaphor for drugs and peer pressure. And it's even in the beginning of the movie where she is the first to volunteer at the party because she's not fitting in at the party. And that's, that's totally like, you know, something that would happen with peer pressure. You're trying to fit in with your peers. You're not, you know, things aren't going good. And so you're the first to uh, nominate yourself to do some drugs. And it's, it's very clear right off the rip that she has become obsessed with it to the point where, you know, they called 911 and they had to rush this kid to the hospital. And all she thought about was stealing that hand. Yeah, if you ever watch the show Intervention, you see it, you know, because they always show the backstories of the people before. And a lot of those episodes are people that don't have that kind of life where you'd think they'd end up on drugs. You know, they're a straight A student. They were good. They're a hard worker. They were a great person. And then now you see them and it's like, how did this person get from there to this? And this is, you know, a good kind of film version of what that looks like is she is instantly takes it too far. It instantly becomes because it makes her feel different because she feels so bad all in the inside all the time that, uh, you know, she's clinging to the thing that makes her, cause she talks about how amazing it felt mm-hmm. the first time she did it. And she's clinging to that, uh, just feeling different, not feeling bad, not feeling sad all the time. Yeah, she's got that trauma associated with her mom dying two years before. And that's another, I mean, that's another thing that happens a lot in real life. You know, somebody. That's a lot of people end up on drugs that way. I have that, that trauma that they just can't shake. And drugs are the only thing that makes them not feel that uh, trauma inside. So she Ubers uh, to the hospital where she finds Riley very badly injured. He's like hooked up to a bunch of machines. Jade and her mother kind of blame her for what happened and they demand that she leave the hospital. She then uh, in the hospital, she sees like the ghost of her mom, like in the hallway and she can kind of hear her like the the ghost kind of whispering to her. This causes her to kind of like freak out a little bit. And Daniel ends up offering to give her a ride home. And she offers to let him stay at her house for the night. She tells him about the spirit being his mom, but he disagrees. And he tells her that he thinks it's a trick that the ghost can read your mind when they possess you. She should have listened. Should have listened. Uh, Mia and Daniel are sleeping in uh, Mia's bed and she begins kind of dreaming about being with Daniel. And uh, then we see a vision of her dad, like finding her mom dead. She wakes up in a panic and she sees a very gross looking woman in the corner, which I couldn't tell if it was a man dressed as a woman or an actual woman. Kind of gives you that uh, Dawn of the Dead feel like the... The guy who's the fat woman. And oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. And the wheelbarrow. 
Yeah. And it kind of gives you that feel. That might have been a man for real. I didn't think about that until you mentioned Well, it. I didn't think that until, you know, this ghost like gets on the bed and it has very much kind of a man, like a man body. So I'm like, Maybe I, they I couldn't know. find a woman to suck that guy's toes. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, ghost woman starts sucking on Daniel's toes and Mia like freaks out. Uh, she kind of screams for Daniel repeatedly. Daniel finally wakes up only to find that it is Mia sucking his toes. He freaks out and he leaves immediately. <laughs> he like fucking <laughs> kicks her. Yeah, I don't I don't blame him. This would have been really weird. It's so hard to feel bad for Mia because you want to because she is a likable character in the beginning of the movie. But man, she just keeps doing fucked up shit. Like she keeps making bad decisions. You know, she she caused Riley to uh, was she she caused herself to go under her and get these spirits attached to her. And then she calls Riley to do it when his sister shut it down. And then she invites her best friend's boyfriend, who she used to be with, that she clearly still wants to be with. She has this whole dream of them being together and, you know, has them stay at her house in her bed. Uh, so, you know, as much as I want to feel bad for her at this point in the movie, I'm like, okay, well, you, you kind of keep bringing this shit on yourself. Yeah. The having your best friend's boyfriend stay at your house and then it's your ex-boyfriend. Okay. So if he is going to stay at your house, which, you know, not a great idea, but it's not the worst, but you're telling me that. That big ass house didn't have a couch. It didn't have it had a floor. It didn't have an extra bedroom. It didn't have the floor. Uh, you thought it was a good idea to sleep in the bed together, as long as they sleep opposite ways. That yeah, that's that was stupid. so stupid. Okay, whatever. But anyway, so Mia then lights a candle and uses the hand, and she sees a very dead looking version of her mom. And she then tells Mia that uh, she didn't kill herself and that she would never leave her and that Riley needs Mia's help. We jump back over to the hospital. Jade is watching Riley, who is very fucked up, and he's kind of like in this like coma like state. Jade tries talking to him and he like he bites the shit out of her and she kind of jumps back and he flings himself on the floor and starts to beat his head repeatedly into the wall until he starts to have a seizure. That was pretty gnarly. Yeah, this is one of the scariest parts of the movie. This is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, Not only does he bang his head until he breaks the tile behind him, but then he starts this creepy laugh, and he's like licking the blood that's pouring out of the back of his head. He's like licking it up off the ground as it runs past him. And uh, shout out to the FX team. This is the first time we get to see Riley's face since the first incident happened, and damn, he looks fucked up. Yeah, he's in pretty bad shape. Like, he looks like he just went, like, 50 rounds with Mike Tyson in his prime. Like, this kid's barely hanging on. He went 50 rounds with that fucking countertop. <laughs> he did. He did. And, and uh, But, yeah, the whole... The whole him like violently banging his head and then licking up the blood as he's doing this creepy laugh before he has like a seizure. It's just one of those very unnerving parts. And that's why it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. I don't know if I'd say it's it's my favorite favorite, but it's definitely in the, the top three scenes in this movie. It's just fucking super unnerving and creepy. 
Maya, Jade, Daniel, Joss, and Haley meet to discuss the situation. And at this point, Josh um, mentions that he got the hand from Duckett, and Duckett told Joss that uh, Joss and Haley that the spirits can imitate people, and that the reason that he gave the hand away was because he had started seeing uh, the ghost without using the hand, uh, which will become important a little bit later on. Haley informs the group that Duckett went crazy, stabbed his brother, and then killed himself. When she says that, Mia immediately says, well, can we talk to the brother? And I was thinking, you know, if someone would have just said that exact sentence that Haley said to me, I would assume the brother was dead. Yeah. That would have been my first assumption. Like, my first assumption wouldn't be that he got stabbed, but he's okay. (laughs) Yeah, weird. You, you watching this movie too? You think like I, I the first time I've seen this in the movie theaters, I remember us talking about it actually afterwards. Like, was that the same guy? Because he looks a little different. Because this is in the, sometime in the future. It doesn't seem like his and, hair is as long as it is in the beginning. Yeah, and we were like questioning whether that was the guy from the beginning's brother because he gets fucking like stabbed. Like he don't get like bullshit shanked he gets fucking stabbed with a by a big knife. ass knife yeah and uh but yeah this is where we as the audience learn that uh cole yeah cole survived a really really gnarly stab wound thought they should have made that a little more clear in the movie yeah so uh the brother survived and the group agrees to kind of go and find him and ask him what he knows they track cole down he's like waiting on a bus And he is very cold towards the idea of helping them until Jade tells him about uh, Riley. Cole informs them that uh, all you have to do is stop using the hand and the body will naturally kick the spirit out. And that the spirit will get weaker as time goes by. Pretty simple. Pretty simple instructions. That's all they had to do. Was fucking give the hand to somebody else and not do it anymore. Yep. And what's, what's Mia's first idea after hearing... The one direction of just have him leave the hand alone and they'll get weaker and he'll get better. What's what's her first thought? Just stick the hand up her ass. <laughs> like she that you watched she, the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah, she can't leave the hand alone. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's fist to me, not talk to me. Yeah. Um yeah, no, she's totally like, let's take this to the hospital and let's put it in his hand and force him. To do the hand. He's, it's like, a, I mean, we've said this before. It's like drugs. Like, we should do some more drugs. <laughs> that's how we That's how we solve this situation. Yeah. We just got to do more. He said, just leave the heroin alone. Uh, so Your body will if naturally we, if we get over If we go to the it. hospital and do some heroin, I'll shoot some heroin into him. And if it doesn't seem like it's working, then I'll shoot it into myself. That's even a better idea. <laughs> I know how to make it. I know how to make everything better. With more drugs. She's got to get high. And all her friends are like, well, I don't think this is a good idea. And she's like, it is. Trust me. And it's just spoken like a true person addicted to something. She makes such fucking terrible decisions this entire movie. Well, Jade isn't satisfied with this answer. And they all storm off the bus. And uh, we finally see this big blow up that has been kind of building between uh, Jade and Mia. The whole group kind of turns on Mia and blames her for what happened to Riley, which is bullshit, though. 
because uh, Josh and Haley very much wanted uh, Riley to do it as well. If they you, did. If you notice, um, when they go to the first party, you know, Josh, I think, is it that one or is it the second? One of these parties, Josh mentions um, Riley doing it first. Like, hey, you want to do it? And they're like, yeah, he's not fucking doing it. He's a kid. Yeah, but. In their defense, they were packing the shit up because his sister said no when she leaves. And Mia's like, okay, well, you can do it for 50 seconds. Had she oh, not I, intervened I agree. and spoken like a true drug addict, she tries to put the blame off on everybody else, too. Like, she tries to, well, this just isn't, isn't just my fault when... She is, I mean, they're totally, up. they're like the drug dealers in this situation. Like, yeah, they, they sold you some drugs to give a kid. Well, I just think um, it's kind of bullshit, though, because Haley was like, oh, don't put that on us. That was all your fucking idea. And it's like, no, 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 it wasn't. Like, yeah, <laughs> Haley is the Delilah of this movie. She is. Um, from the My first note about her is that she is a bit of a... Uh, bitch uh interesting stuff about uh Haley. um so the actress that plays mia actually originally auditioned for the role of Haley. that's the role she wanted well, they picked a much different chick uh that role. well so another thing was um the person that they cast for Haley. that was because the, the the auditions it was two years of them casting that movie hmm. how long it took to pick those actors and um when they first seen the person that they picked for Haley, they ended up actually saying, this is the person that's going to play that character. And then they wouldn't start the movie until they were available. Like they held oh, off. That wasn't, she's not, I didn't think it was a big enough character to hold off on. Apparently they it. did. They said that this is the person. So, cause I watched like a YouTube video of them. They had all the cast there and they had the, the two brothers there and they said, you know, like she's one of the first people they cast and they she like wasn't available at that time. And they were like, well, we'll wait. We'll wait and, and until they can do it. Who is the trans that uh, the trans person in this movie that I think it was Kuwait, it was Kuwait, Kuwait said, you know, shut it down and made it illegal to watch. Yeah. Do you it, know who that was. Yeah. It's the person about? that plays Haley. Uh, yeah zoe i think it was um, very uh yeah i didn't well if, if you see them in real life it's different <laughs> well she plays a woman though in the movie yeah that's why it was I don't stupid know why for Kuwait Kuwait was... to do that i mean that's why they... i thought it maybe was that ghost woman man <laughs> <laughs> i thought that might have been because <laughs> no. i watched it and i'm like what well, you know i thought about Haley, but i'm like well she's a woman who's playing a woman so i don't know why Kuwait would give a fuck about that but then it's, it's well that's why Kuwait, it was stupid so. because this person doesn't play like a trans in the movie but they are in real life and they took that as like well who cares you know what they're doing in real life Th that's not what's going it's on a fucking in the movie. movie yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why it was so dumb that kuwait did that you know okay. i've been to kuwait fuck kuwait the place sucks <laughs> uh so anyway uh, so Mia has a plan to use the hand on Riley again to see if they can close the spirit door. Jay doesn't like this idea, but ends up kind of letting her try anyway. I guess she's desperate. So it ends up not working on Riley, of course, and Mia decides to try it on herself. And she sees the ghost of a little girl. 
And we were talking about this earlier. I don't think that was a real little girl. I think this is the same ghost imitating this little girl to kind of kind of put her at ease. Like, don't show her something scary. Let's just show her something nice so she believes this. Because this is not, not true, what she's yeah, saying. Yeah, and it's hard to tell because everybody who uses the hand gets somebody who died by the hand, or as, as we learn in the movie. And But for her, she's the only one who's used the hand for more than 90 seconds. So it is, you know, imitating people. Like, it's imitating her mom through the whole movie because it's able to get into her head. So it's really hard to tell, like, if this was a little girl who died um, using the hand or if it's just they're imitating some some kid, some random kid. Yeah, so uh, this girl says that she can take her to Riley. So they uh, touch hands and Mia sees a vision of Riley in hell. I think this is the scariest scene of the movie, though. This is this is. Like, we get a shot of what we assume is hell, and it's just like this dark room with this light shining down, and it's it's Riley down there being tormented and pulled apart by all these, like, demons. It's the best thing I could, I could equate it to. It's like these naked, dead people, like, trying to pull them apart. We kind of seen almost that exact scene in The Exorcist Believer. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, but this was much better. This was yeah. a much scarier one. That that had no place in The Exorcist. No place. Yeah. We don't we don't ever get anything in The Exorcist movie of what being po- the side of being possessed is. We shouldn't have got that. That was I thought that was shouldn't have been in there. It had no place in the movie. This, however, did, and I thought it was super fucking creepy. If somebody came to me and was like, hey, uh, I made a scene of, you know, my best representation of hell, I would be like, you did a really good job, because this is fucking terrifying. So after the hospital, Mia heads home where uh, her dad, Max, is waiting on her. And he tells her that he hasn't really told her the complete truth about her mom's suicide, and he pulls out a note that Mia's mom wrote right before she killed herself. And in it, she admits that she has been severely depressed and that she was uh, purposely ending her life. Mia doesn't believe this note is from her mom. She thinks that maybe her dad uh, is like lying to cover up like an involvement or something in uh, his wife's death. He tries to kind of console Mia, but she sees the ghost of her mom like out in the hallway and this ghost starts to tell her that like none of what he's saying is true. She gets freaked out and she just kind of runs off to her room. And as she is talking to her mom upstairs, she hears her dad knocking on the door. And her mom convinces her that it's not really her father, that it is another evil spirit kind of like imitating him. Uh, the banging on the door, it gets louder and more violent. And her mom convinces her that she must kill this evil imitation of Max. Max bursts through the uh, bedroom door, kind of looking very dead. And when I've seen him, he, uh, I don't know if this happened to you, but he reminds me, like with his dead makeup on, he looks very similar to a character from Tales from the Hood. No. No? You remember Uh, the... the, I remember Tales from the Hood. The story where the cops killed that, like, um, like, prominent, like, black guy. 
And uh, like a year later, he comes back and he's like zombie looking. Yeah. Max looked. I mean, it was like the same makeup. Like it looked looked great. But it, instantly when I seen that, he kind of I don't know that that memory from Tales from the Hood just snapped into my mind. I was like, man, if they ever did a remake, that guy should play him. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that. One thing that did pop out to me in this scene, though, I know we kind of debated this or what was real and what wasn't. Um, after the first time we watched this, the second time is is very clear that these spirits are in her head. Because as soon as her dad reads this note, you know, she she clearly doesn't want to believe that her mom actually wrote the note. And immediately it's her her mom is like inside of her head telling her that it's a lie. I did you know, I didn't write that note. That was something that wasn't as clear to me after the first time I watched the movie. Because I remember when I was watching it, I was like, well, shit, did her mom actually kill herself? Or, or Yeah, I remember trying to figure that out. Yeah, and it was very confusing. But now watching it back the second very time, like, so it's very, very clear. She doesn't want to believe that note. Like, she, the first thing she's thinking in her head is that can't be true. And uh, that's literally the first thing that comes up is her mom telling her, it, you know, he's lying. It's all a lie. Yeah, so we uh, we also see that the real Max is still sitting on the couch downstairs, and he starts to hear some kind of commotion up in Mia's room. Well, he finds he finds the drugs first. Yeah, he finds the hand, her hand, uh, and her back. He he finally does the parent thing and says, "Well, I'm going to go through her shit, see what's going on here." Uh, Evil Dead Max attacks uh, Mia and begins to strangle her on the floor. Real Max is attempting to kind of open the door to help Mia, but it is locked. He starts to kind of break down the door, and we see Mia is reaching for a pair of scissors as a weapon. Real Max enters the room to see Mia laying on the floor alone in distress. He runs over to help her, and as he kind of gets to her, uh, she stabs him in the neck with scissors. God, this is one of those scenes where you know it's going to happen. Oh, and I, like I, yeah. you see it happening, but it, you know, it's like you know it's going to happen, but you're like, oh no, don't let it happen, because I feel so bad for Max because he just read her this suicide note that he's been keeping from her, and she kind of reacts negatively to it, and then she starts screaming. He's like banging on the door in the same exact way that he had to when he found his wife dead, like trying to break down the door. And then he gets to her and he ends up getting stabbed in the neck and killed as soon as he gets to her. It's 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 a very sad scene. And this is uh, once you finish the movie, you realize this is the last time Max actually sees his daughter. Yeah, is it? Yeah. The next morning, we see Mia call Jade at the hospital and tell her that she knows how to save Riley. Jade thinks that he is getting better on his own, but Mia convinces her to meet her at Mia and Max's house. We see Jade pulling out of the parking lot and surprise, it's the old bait and switch. Mia is at the hospital waiting for Jade to leave. Uh, She heads upstairs to Riley's room where she encounters Riley's mom, Sue. And Sue apologizes to Mia for like blaming her and kind of like welcomes her back into the family. Mia pretends to be pleased over this and asks to have a moment alone with Riley. Sue agrees and heads downstairs. While Mia looks at Riley in the bed, he kind of turns into this like terrible looking like boils, skin bubbling like old man. 
and he kind of starts taunting Mia. And uh, just then we cut to Jade, who has arrived at Mia's house. And she kind of is like walking around looking for her. She heads upstairs to Mia's room and finds a still alive but bleeding to death Max. And we also see that Mia has left the hand at home. So it appears that she is in the same boat that Ducket was in where they are kind of seeing all these terrible spirits without the use of the hand. Like she can talk, sit and have a conversation with I her think mom she's without, just without fully, at, all. at this point, she's fully went fucking crazy. Oh, like for this sure. is where she's hit the point. Um, the last thing right after she stabs her dad, her mom's like Riley's suffering. He needs to be put out of his misery. And then she devises this whole plan where she's going to kill Riley. Although Jade tells her like he's getting better. She just completely ignores that. She's like, no, he's not. And one <laughs> thing I love about this is she's like, you know, Riley turns into this fucked up looking thing and she's like going to stab him and she's having a hard time with this. And we see Riley and he's actually awake. Yeah, this is something I, I didn't realize the first time I watched it. He's awake, but he can't talk because, you know, he's the guy fucking he's all fucked up and he looks scared to death. But I love the shot of the kangaroo in the hallway. I was confused at why that was put in there the first time that I seen the movie. And it makes the scene earlier when they're in the car in the very beginning of the movie where she was she needed to put this kangaroo out of his misery, but she couldn't do it. It's just foreshadowing for what happens later on. And now she sees that kangaroo and she thinks back and feels bad. You know, I didn't put this kangaroo out of its misery. I, I got to put Riley out of his misery. And I think it was also the uh, spirits in her head showing her the easiest way to get rid of him is to push him out in traffic. You know, why else would she go all the way outside and, and do everything she does in this next scene to get rid of him when she could have just stabbed him right there? I think it was the easiest. I think stabbing him was really hard for her. So it was much easier for her to him to just get hit by a car. Well, there's another little thing that I caught uh, recently. Before you see the kangaroo in the hallway, um, you hear, Mary hear the sound of the kangaroo, like, like screaming in pain. And she, this is when she looks up at the window and she notices like the interstate thing back there. On that window, the, the hospital that she looks through, there's like a little kangaroo sticker in hmm. the corner of the window. Didn't notice that. Uh, yeah, so I feel like, you know, they, they did the, the sound and she looks up and she sees the kangaroo sticker and then she really realizes what they're trying to show her, which is this interstate behind there. Yeah, and then the kangaroo like hops, hops off in away, the yeah, and she, I think it's them showing her the easiest way to put him out of his misery, which is what she failed to do, which was run the kangaroo over. And I, I don't know why I didn't pick that up the first time I watched the movie, but it goes back to the because I was like, why'd they put a fucking kangaroo in the hallway of the hospital? And it makes a lot more sense now. It goes back to that that very, very early scene in the movie. It's kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen later on in the movie. Yeah, there's like a the other foreshadowing too. Because there's like, she she talks about how she has a nightmare all the time. Where she looks in a mirror and doesn't see her own reflection. And we see that happen here so it's it's weird because it's like she's 
it's almost like a destiny thing where, you know, this was always going to happen to her. Yeah. But uh, so Mia tells the evil spirit that she's ending this with Riley. And the spirit basically says, uh, yeah, fuck off. She pulls the scissors from her back pocket, but can't bring herself to do it. And then she then starts to hear the moaning of the injured kangaroo from earlier. She then looks out the window and sees like an interstate, like a entrance ramp. It's like an entrance or exit ramp or something at just outside of the hospital parking lot. Jade calls Sue and tells her that she just found Max bleeding out and doesn't know where Mia is. Sue tells her that Mia is at the hospital with Riley and they both kind of put two and two together and realize Mia is up to no good. Sue runs upstairs to discover Mia and Riley both missing. Jade arrives at the hospital and upon entering the parking lot, she sees Mia pushing Riley in a wheelchair like up this interstate uh, ramp thing. So Mia is, uh, she's like standing on the side of this ramp, which has a small tight curve to it. So the cars that are like coming around this curve can't really see like what's coming up in front of them, which is kind of a perfect scenario for what she needs to do. Putting somebody out of their misery. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she begins to, uh, she begins pushing Riley like towards this traffic. They're like going down this hill and she ends up stopping kind of right on the edge of the road. And we can hear Jade screaming for her in the background. You can like slowly hear Jade getting closer and closer trying to stop Mia. Mia pauses for a moment, kind of thinking about what she's going to do. When we see uh, in Mia's eyes, Riley still looks like this evil old man, bubbly skin spirit. And her mother, who looks very decomposed at this point, comes up behind her like rubs her shoulders and begins to talk her into killing Riley. And uh, she's painting this picture to Mia that it's like this mercy killing and that she's doing this to save Riley from uh, like the hell and torment that she's seen him in. And we then see that Jade has finally made it to the interstate ramp and is running up behind Mia and Riley. We then cut to a camera view inside of a car that is like driving on this interstate ramp and they're behind this big truck. So they can't really see like much of anything in front of them besides this truck. And then all of a sudden this big truck, it just swerves. And uh, we see that this car, like it hits something and we see that like whatever they hit, it like shatters their windshield. And there's um, some loud like thumps from underneath the car. And this causes the car to like lose control, kind of spin sideways and wreck into the wall. We then see Mia's very badly injured body laying in the middle of the road. She seems to be uh, unconscious. She begins to move around a little bit and she eventually sits up. And Mia's fucked up. But what I really want to point out is like how good the FX makeup on her is. Like that looks like some real road rash shit. Like that looks like somebody who got hit by a car. Yeah, the, they did the, a really good job. The makeup and all all the scenes that had like some really good makeup, and I thought everybody, I thought all, all the way around the FX crew did a great job in this movie. I mean, I've seen a lot of people in movies has been car wrecks or hit by a car or something, and they all kind of have like the basic. But this looks great because she has all these like um, scratches that you would get from like 
from something like that, like all over her face. They just do a really good job. It looks great. I would totally believe that person was in some kind of car related accident. Uh, she stands up and you see traffic. It's like at a standstill. People are getting out of their cars. They're kind of looking around. They're pulling their phones out. And one thing I noticed is uh, at first, like nobody's like running over to her, asking her if she's okay or anything like that. And there's this one lady that runs in her direction. And then she runs right past her. And it's like one of those cool, like, you think she's alive. The first time you see it, it's like, oh, she's alive. And then this lady runs past her. And I think that's the point where it's like, oh, she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a the sixth sense or something, you know, because it looks like the lady's running up to help her. Yeah. I, I thought the whole ending of this was was uh, great. So Maya turns to see Riley still on the side of the, the ramp, like in the grass. His wheelchair is tipped over and Jade is holding him. Mia then turns around and is instantly in the hospital. Like she's in the hallway of the hospital and she's like walking and she sees Riley uh, go past her on like a gurney. She sees the, um, an old sick man from earlier that she's seen in the hospital. He's healthy. Now she then sees uh, into like Riley's room where she sees Sue and Jade talking to a normal and more healed up version of Riley uh, she sees her dad like walking through the uh, hospital hallway. She runs to speak to him. He like ignores her and continues walking away. And she then catches a quick glimpse of Riley being discharged from the hospital fully healed. So this is showing us like it's just like these huge time lapses going by really quick. And uh, as this is happening, the hallway lights start shutting off and it's getting darker and darker. And she notices that she has no reflection in the mirror. And at this point, she looks down at her hands to see her fingers broken in like all these different directions. Uh, she begins to panic and uh, chases her dad down, who is uh, getting into the elevator. And the doors close right before she makes it to him. And the lights completely go out. We then hear someone strike a match and a small light appears at a distance. Mia begins to walk towards the flame, and as she gets closer, we see that it is a candle sitting on a small table with a man sitting on the other side facing Mia. He has his hand out like he's kind of waiting for a handshake. She reaches forward, grips his hand, and suddenly she is sitting in a room with a bunch of people who are speaking Greek. The man at the table says in English, I let you in. Mia gasps, and the screen cuts to black. And that is the end of the movie. What a fucking great ending. I love the, the ending. twist ending. Yeah, I love the ending. Thought it was fantastic ending that how they how they flip it. And you're really confused at what's going on. And then you realize that she is now a spirit on the other side of the hand. And now she's going to be part of spirit roulette. And, you know, when I seen that, I was like. Are they? are these spirits that show up, are they just, just spirits like any spirits? And once I seen this, it kind of made me wonder, well, are these spirits that have just died because of this hand? I think it is. I think that's all the names on the hand is all these people. Uh, you know, I don't ne necessarily know if all of them died. What, what made me 
confused when I was watching it the first time is her mom didn't die by the hand. You know, I, now my first thought was all these people that are coming up are people who's died playing with the hand, but then her mom didn't. But now as you watch the movie, you realize that because she went over 90 seconds, she's spirits are like intimidating. Uh, in- intimidating. Yeah. Her mom. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I believe that all the spirits that are coming up are people who's died playing with the hand. And now she's on the other side of that. Now, the big question is, was Mia pushed by Jade? Was Mia tricked and did she think she was pushing Riley and fall into traffic? Or did she jump? And I have my theory after watching I know this was one of the big things that we debated when we first watched the movie. I know you thought very strongly that she was pushed by Jade. I thought very strongly that, uh, well, I won't say I thought very strongly. I was kind of, I was kind of split between two, whether she jumped or whether she was pushed. But I do believe that that part of the movie was left open very intentionally. But What's your theory? And I'll go over my theory. Well, I mean, we've debated this from the very moment we've seen this movie. And then I thought, well, once we see it a second time, we'll have a better, a better grasp. I've seen this movie four times now. Uh, I still have my, I'm still sticking to my theory, but this movie, yeah, I, I believe that, um, that Jade was able to, Okay, because as she's running up behind her, she shoves Mia, and that is why the wheelchair gets tipped over. Mia goes flying into traffic. Riley just falls to the ground. That is my take on what happened. But this movie, on purpose, does a very good job making a lot of this stuff where it could be either or. Because I think there was three possible ways it could have went. So I don't know if you noticed, but... The last thing her mom says to Mia is we'll have him forever. It's like she gets in. She's talking about how he'll be put out of his misery and, you know, he'll be all right. And then it's like right before she pushes him, she says, we'll have him forever. And that's when she lets go of the wheelchair after that. I think she jumps into traffic. I think she realizes, you know, in the in, in, in going back to the beginning of the scene with the kangaroo, she can't do it. She can't run him over. She can't put him out of his misery. And I think when she hears her mom say, we'll have him forever, she realizes what's going on here. Like, this isn't her mom. Why would her mom say that? And that's why she lets go of the chair. And I think she jumps and sacrifices herself because she realizes that she's too far gone, whatever the reason is. Um, And I think that's... Uh, like I said, I think that's a big reason why they put that kangaroo scene in the beginning is showing that she wasn't able to put the kangaroo out of its misery as much as she wanted to. She couldn't do it. I think that combined with her mom being the last words her mom said to her is we'll have him forever. And then her letting go of the wheelchair. I think she fucking jumped. Uh, I mean, I like that. I think that's really good. Um, The only thing that, stops me from looking at it that way is Riley knocked over in the wheelchair. You know, how did his whole entire wheelchair and him fall over from her jumping? Uh, I don't think there's a lot of good evidence to say either way. I don't know. I mean, 
another problem I have with it is if she really believes that she's going to save Riley, like Riley looks like this gross looking old man still. Uh, she just decides to say fuck him and just jump into the traffic. And she could have. She very well could have. Well, I think she didn't. I think she didn't really fully click what was going on until her mom says, we'll have him forever. Because this, this, this shot immediately after she says that is where she lets go of the wheelchair. And the wheelchair doesn't like fall over right then. Like it, she just it shows her letting go and then boom, this car's hitting somebody in traffic. And I think they put that and they timed it like that on purpose because everything her mom's saying before that point is like, you know, he's suffering. Uh, you know, we got it. It's a good thing what you're doing. You know, you're going to put him out of his misery. You're going to end his suffering. And then it's like the spirits get too far into it because they're so close and they're like, we'll have him forever. And then she lets go. I think that's when she realized that she was, this wasn't really her mom talking to her. Cause why the fuck would her mom say that? I would her mom be like, we'll have him forever. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know another part is like, I like the ending of Jade pushing her more because it shows that, that Mia doesn't get a redemption. She was up to no good until the very end. Like she's spent this whole movie being very selfish and making these kind of selfish, bad decisions. And I like the ending of, you know, someone stops her as she gets worse and worse. And she kind of pays the price for, for what she's done. She does make a lot of bad decisions, but when it comes to her mom and the whole Riley situation, she really does want what's best for Riley. Like she doesn't want, you know, she made a mistake in letting him play with the hand. I don't think she's seen that going the way it went at all. You can tell she's very close to Riley and she doesn't want anything bad for him. And I think she just at the, at the last moment when she heard her mom say that she realized something's not right here. And she just jumped into traffic herself to end it. Well, the, when I looked for the answer, it's always, it's always three things. One, it's not addressed. Like, you know, if you go and you look at the plot on like Wikipedia, they don't, they completely skip over what they only, they only talk about what we see and not what it means or what it could be. Um, so there's, there's that, that's a very common one. Or, uh, another one is like my theory where she gets pushed into traffic. And the other one is your theory where she jumps into traffic. So this is a hot debate with this movie. The directors did it like that on purpose. They love the fact that people are debating so much stuff about this movie because, you know, they obviously, they obviously have an idea of what really happened. They even wrote a whole entire like backstory they, on the hand and everything. They mentioned in the making of that they would love to do a second one. Oh, they so are. They, they, they are doing a second. One. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but maybe we'll find out maybe, I don't know. But yeah, I think that's one of the fun things about this movie is there is uh, evidence that people with the theory that she gets pushed into traffic, you know, they have, well, this, this, and this is why I believe it. And then there's just as much evidence on the other theory. And it, well, I'm just, surprised that there's not a third theory that 
She thought she was pushing him into traffic and she was being tricked by the spirits and she was actually pushing herself into traffic. Like she, she was jumping in the traffic when she thought she was pushing him and that it was the spirits never wanted Riley. They wanted her because she went over her 90 seconds and they wanted to claim her for going over the 90 seconds. Um, that was kind of when I first seen it. I was really pulled between the, the three theories a lot. Um, but that was one of the uh, the theory I had, the theory you have, and then the the fact that the spirits kind of pushed her into it. They kind of tricked her into thinking she was pushing him when she was really pushing herself and that it was never about Riley. It was about her. But after watching it for a second time, what makes me lean towards mine is, like I said, the last thing her mom says, and then the the whole scene in the beginning of the movie with the kangaroo where she's not able to do it. Like she just can't bring herself to sacrifice the kangaroo and run him over. I think she jumped. Maybe the people listening to this episode will let us know what they think. Um, tell us your theory, if especially if you got something that we didn't just talk about. I'd love to hear something new. Uh, something that I didn't realize or we just didn't think of, that would be fantastic. Uh, so yeah, that's I don't know. That's the movie. That's the plot. That's our opinion on what happened. We don't really know who's right. It's a fun movie. It's kind of fun that way. It kind of makes the movie have a life after the movie goes off. Because when we first seen this movie, I mean, we probably talked about this thing for like an hour and a half. This whole movie because there was just so much to talk about. But we'll jump into some interesting facts about it. The directors turned down the opportunity to direct a film in the DCEU in favor of having Talk to Me be their directorial film debut. Um, I didn't know what the DCEU was. And it's uh, the DC version of it's like Batman, Superman, like those superhero movies. So they turned it's down the a DC version of the superhero movies. Yeah, because there's Marvel, which is okay, like okay, uh, okay, I got what Iron Man. When and you said whoever. EU, I thought like Europe had their own. No, no, no. Yes, that's <laughs> why I, I looked it Europe up. I was had like their own DC movies. Yeah, I I was confused about that too. I had to look up, and it's like DC Extended Universe or something. Okay. Um, but yes, they turned that down. Which those, I guess they're. I don't know if they're still big time money making movie i know they were you know superhero movies wrecked in a ton of money i don't know if they still do because i think people are starting to get fatigue from from all these superhero yeah but i think that there was um some creative uh decision making that disney did that i've heard a lot of people complain about um i i think that they've kind of made some bad decisions and made some people turn away from from the as big as it used to be i was really confused because i'm like why would they offer australian guys to do dc movie like european dc <laughs> movies like that's a all separate continent but hey you never know uh yeah so the two brothers who directed this are uh part of a youtube group uh or channel called raka raka they have 1.5 billion views and six and a half million subscribers across their social media channels. It's huge. It's pretty good. Yeah, I did see somebody uh, like he kind of made a video about them and he was basically like, why would you leave the YouTube world 
where you can direct and write anything that you want to go to more Hollywood where you don't have nowhere near as much say so over what you're creating. And um, I thought that was really interesting, but I think they did have that's that's a reason why they did it independently. Well, they found a route where they could have a big movie but still have control over it. I mean, we talked about that when we did our um, the visit, yeah. where that's why you know M Night Shyamalan did what he did because he his last like his previous three movies he didn't got destroyed by the studio yeah yeah because yeah. he and he was like i'm just tired of not having say so over the movie that my name's attached to you know with them being big and on youtube too they you know making movies may have been their dream you know you well, can yeah. do youtube all you want but that's not like putting movies out that's going to be in the theater they may make more money off youtube but making movies, it might not be about the money at this point. It might be about making films that they really like making. It was um, because there was like a little interview with them and they were talking about how after the movie premiered at the at Sundance that they all of a sudden started getting contacted by some of their favorite directors like Jordan Peele contacted them. Uh, Steven Spielberg contacted them and they were all contacting them to tell them like, how much they love their movie. So these are guys who love movies and, you know, grew up wanting to do this. Why would you ever pass up on an opportunity to make a big movie and then have your people that inspired you be inspired by your movie? Yeah. I totally see why you would leave the YouTube world for that. But when they left YouTube, they didn't like leave, leave, you know, they still have the channel and everything, but um, they didn't post a video for a whole entire year. And their fans were like, you know, what the fuck is going on? And then they finally posted a year later, they posted a video of them basically explaining that their film that they have been trying to get made was finally getting made. Like they had just got word that it was funded. It was green lighted. And they were like, Hey, sorry, we haven't put out any videos, but we've been working on this big project and this is our new big announcement. And, don't expect to see any short videos from us on this channel because we're going to be working on this big thing. So, yeah, good for them. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Sophie Wilde and Miranda Miranda Otto, who is uh, Mia and Sue, which we didn't really talk about the mom Sue very much. She is one of my favorite additions to this movie. She is. She's got that mom sense for sure. Did uh Did you ever see the Sabrina, the Netflix Sabrina? No, I I watched like two seasons of it before I was like, "Ah, I'm done with this. But anyway, um, I thought she looked familiar in this movie. She is a main character. She plays one of the aunts in Sabrina. I think she looks super familiar and I didn't see that. So I I feel like there's something else that I I know her from. Maybe it's just her fantastic mom instinct that I recognize. She is on it. Like she's she knows all the tricks. She's. When she starts questioning them about the party, and then she goes and asks the boyfriend, like, oh, she told me about the party. What time's everybody coming? Yeah, she was one of the first. If I know she was the first cast in this movie, and she had to wait two years to film this movie. So, she, so you know, it's awesome that she stuck, stuck around for two years uh, waiting for this project to start because you don't know, especially when you're, 
you know, an actress or something like you don't know what your schedule is going to look like in two years. A lot of times. And she was, um, I think, she, I think they had just finished Sabrina or they were finishing Sabrina at the time. So she didn't necessarily know what's going to happen in the next two years, but she kept that door open for years in order to play this part. And I'm glad she did. But anyway, so both of them, appear in a movie called the portable door from 2022 so they went from film and talk to me to immediately filming another movie together but what a coincidence that was and also some of the uh i believe makeup and wardrobe team from talk to me also ended up working on the portable door do they not make very many movies in australia um i don't know (laughs) i've I've never been a coincidence uh, so the a ghost of Mia's mother is, in fact, the drowned ghost Mia is possessed by at the beginning of the film. Because they went over 90 seconds and the ghost stayed with her. And that is why in several appearances of Mia's mom's ghost, the sound of water can be heard. She and gets it, wet too. And yeah. in her final scenes, Mia's mom begins to appear waterlogged and bloated like the drowned woman. I like that. I like that. I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize there was one specific uh, ghost that she was being. It was that that gnarly. She first should. One. She should have fucking stayed with the old man. Stay with the old guy. He looked like an old nice man who had just died yesterday. He probably didn't even know what he was doing. He would have talked her into playing a game of backgammon. He probably would have been like, "Can you explain to me what's going on here? I just uh, died. Could you I get just... me some lotto tickets and scratch them off for me, please?" I don't know what it is with old people in the lottery. Yeah. They just don't have nothing else to do. Maybe he was trying maybe, to get maybe rich. Maybe it was that that chat roulette shit, man. He was just 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 get warmed up, seeing what he get. So put, his, <laughs> put his hand in his pants. <laughs> it's like, hey, now you're you're not young enough. Hey, you're not gonna you're not gonna do the look what's going on in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I thought that's where you were going with that. <laughs> no, I didn't. So in August of 2023, Danny and Michael revealed that they had completed principal photography on a prequel film. The story explains Duckett's backstory and leads into the introduction of the original film. It is done through the perspective of screen life storytelling, which is uh, using mobile phones and social media. This was eventually released online for promotion for Talk to Me but it ended up being removed due to complaints and concerns about their content. Hmm. So there is a whole entire backstory for Duckett. Like what, it, what happens to Duckett right before this movie starts? It exists huh. and it was on the internet and it had to Maybe be removed. There's no way to find it now. Um, I, You know, I'm sure you can find it. Oh, fuck it. Duckett got a shit taken down. They did say that they would eventually release it in the future probably that's probably what <laughs> they're laughing um that's probably one of those 17 seat the 17 discs that that special edition comes with <laughs> one of them is a whole entire you know because it's shot um uh, like social media and like it's not shot like like this movie it's like all on a phone and stuff and it's kind of like his um yeah. what happened to him through like people's cell phones and social media and stuff that was so. on youtube 
I don't know if they put it on YouTube. They didn't say it just says it was eventually released online for promotion. And it, you know, ended up being removed because people were, comp- I don't know what they were complaining about, but I know one of them on their YouTube channel got in trouble because they'd stealed up a watertight car and drove it around full of water <laughs> <laughs> with a snorkel hanging out the roof. Apparently that's like on their Wikipedia. That's the only controversy there was. Uh, they got uh, in trouble and got like fined a bunch of money. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, also, in August of 2023, A24 announced uh, that a sequel titled Talk To Me was in development. Oh, I've I seen that actually yeah. in, the, uh, in the IMDb, and I was like, I thought that they released it under a different name in Australia or something. Yeah, um, so these brothers, they're going to return to direct it, and it will uh, be written um, by the same two people who wrote this one. So we're getting... We're getting kind of the same same core group of people that created this one are going to be creating the second one. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great news. Yeah, that is. And it's not some big studio that owns it that's going to have somebody completely different do it. Matter, I forgot to mention this to you earlier. Did you hear today that they announced um, a sequel to It Follows? No. Oh, it's called They Follow, and it's the original director and the main girl from the first one. And uh, yeah, I was I was stoked. Nice. I'm really happy about that. That's a they released they they announced that today today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I meant to actually um, repost it on um, the show's page because I really like that movie. Uh, and then I forgot that happened. Then life, then like adult life happened, and I had to do adult things to make money, <laughs> like write this show, like write. <laughs> <laughs> This show costs me money. It doesn't make me any money. <laughs> uh, yeah, so kill count and rating. Kill count. <laughs> kill counts two. Okay. That was quick. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so since there isn't really a kill count, we're going to talk about uh, favorite looking creepy ghosts in the movie. I think that it's kind of a hands down winner, though. <laughs> I went with the water bloated woman ghost. because yeah. She's like, and it sucked because we... We barely see her, but what we do see, I don't know. I don't know. It's I like her eyes like sticking out of her fucking head, too. Yeah, they're like, because she's swollen from being in the water and she looks good. And I, you know, but the, the rest of the ghosts look really good, too. Like Mia's mom in the end looks great in the very last scene she's in because she looks very similar to this lady. Um, I thought the, the lady. In the dream, the the foot sucking lady that looks kind of like a man, super creepy too. Yeah, she's, like the whole crawling up she's thing. Just out of the, creepy. Like that shot of her standing in dark corner, and you can't quite make out what you're looking at because you know it, it obviously looks like a shadow of like a ghost squatted down. And everybody, everybody at some point in your life has been in a dark room, yeah, and looked and seen a shadow or something in the corner, what and, the fuck and is thought that? it kind of looked in the shape of a person and then it just slowly starts crawling towards her. I will say that one, that was probably the creepiest moment for a ghost, but the best looking ghost was bloated woman by far. Yeah. The, the, the ghost uh, that's in the room being real creepy. She, she reminded me of like, man, she seems like she was ripped right out of uh, the shining. You know, like she does look like, like some she creepy. Totally could be in like Doctor Sleep or, or something. 
uh, she would have fit right in with a movie like that. But yeah, she is really creepy. Uh, ratings. All right. All right well, it's, it is finally that time. Rating time. Yep. I gave this movie a 4.3. I I don't know where it went. You have so much stuff written on the screen. I don't know where I'm looking. The part where uh, 4. it says 4. rating 3. Point, 4.3. <laughs> I gave this movie a 4.3. Um, I really like this movie. I think it is a, I don't, you know, we I've mentioned this before. I'm not a big possession movie person. This was a unique way to kind of tackle a possession movie and a ghost movie. I really loved the fact that they kind of took a story that a lot of us know, uh, where somebody kind of gets addicted to something and takes it too far and it ruins their life and kind of messes up the life of people that are close to them. They take that story and then they make it a horror film. And I thought that was a genius idea. Uh, the, the hand thing was super unique. That's a unique idea. Uh, I, I, I was, you know, there's not any really bad things about it, I guess. If I had to complain about something, I wish we could have seen some of the ghosts more. But I also wonder that if we did see him more, would it just become another horror, another ghost movie? Like, that's, yeah, that's like almost true. showing them just a glimpse of them almost makes it scarier. I do know that they did film longer versions with the ghosts, but they cut them down at the last minute. And I would love to see a version with those longer, those, um, the longer scenes and decide whether or not I think it's better for it to be shorter or longer. But I think it's probably a good idea for them to come out with this version first, at least because it is scary. We talked about the bloated lady but neither one of us has seen the bloated lady longer than maybe, you know, all together if you added like four seconds. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Um, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a second shot. And I've seen yeah. it four times. So I've probably seen it a total of four seconds. I would like to pause on her and see what she actually looks like. But that it, that was a really good idea. Uh, I thought, you know, everybody that was in this movie was fantastic. The way the movie was shot was fantastic. Uh, I really look forward to the sequel. I hope it's just like this. But yeah, the only the only thing I will knock it on is I didn't connect with it uh, the way younger people probably do because I didn't grow up in that time where everyone pulled their cell phone out to record stuff when we were teenagers. Like I didn't have that going on in my time. And I think in your time, they did have that stuff, but the camera sucked and you had very limited memory on the phones. <laughs> yeah. So when it I wasn't was like that either. High school. Yeah. When shit happened, nobody pulled out their cell phone. There wasn't, you know, a hundred different think, videos of it. I don't think everybody had, had gotten used to the idea that you had a camera on you at 24 seven. Um, I, you know, when shit happened, I didn't think about, let me bust my phone out and film it. It was only when something really cool happened. Like, uh, you know, land a new trick on a skateboard or something. I'm like, all right, we got to get this on on camera. I definitely can't think of a time, and we had some times when I was in high school, uh, that I can think of some shit happening, and somebody's like, oh, let me video it, like somebody having a fucking seizure, which you know that had that actually for some reason kept happening to me in high school, 
And uh, nobody ever was like, yeah, let me bust my phone out and, and video it. Yeah, that's I, that, that's my really like only thing about this movie is I don't really connect with such a big part of it, which is that of of, of all this cell phone, social media life that they got going on. I think a big part of it is kind of a knock on that. Like they're showing like the, the bad side of that, which we can connect with that because we see it. You know, we see it all the time. You see, like we talked about earlier, uh, you know, a shooting at a club or, you know, I've seen videos of seeing a video of like a woman getting like beat up by a guy and everybody's just standing around like videoing it. And it's like, yeah, I just don't have that connection with the teenagers. The, the main characters of this movie, like if I watched, um, you know, like a like a Freddy versus Jason, the teenagers from that, it's more my time. I connect with those characters more than I connect with these because I just didn't, I just didn't grow up in this version of life. And that's my only, that's my only negative. And I'm, that's not a negative thing. It's just a thing that exists with me in this movie. And that's the only thing that I just don't a hundred percent go along with. Yeah. I didn't have any knocks on it. I thought it was a really good movie. I wrote, 4.5 and said no it looks a little high and then i wrote 4.4 and then i got to 4.3 and i'm like that feels just right yeah. for this movie just did it's like sometimes i have to really put a lot of thought into ratings this one was easy um i landed at 4.3 pretty quickly it feels for a24 doing the distribution on all of the movies that they had done up until this point it just feels so a24 the way it was shot I will say this: the story was uh, original. That's one thing I love about it. It's a super original story. The characters all feel authentic. That's one thing yeah, I love about this that. movie is they all feel very authentic, whereas you don't get that, you know, from your whole cast very often. Like they all feel like actual people. The actors did did an amazing job, especially Mia. I thought the girl who played Mia was amazing. She conveys so many different emotions in this movie. And what I found out watching the making of is that she wasn't a big actress. Like she wasn't, I don't think she had really been in much at all up until this point. I thought she, she absolutely killed it. Uh, cinematography was great. One thing that stuck out to me that's really goes underappreciated for me in a lot of movies that I don't really catch is the score. The music, the, the sound behind it and the suspense sounds and um, that actually, for some reason, I don't know why, but in this movie it stuck out to me. I thought it was, was really good. Um, and then just uh, as far as it being a scary movie, it has some really scary, uncomfortable scenes in it. And I think it's overall, it's it's one of the better movies that have come out this year. Oh, yeah. I, I put it in the episode description that this was one of our favorite movies of this year. Of course, eventually we'll kind of put together a list for the end of the year and we'll kind of see where it lands on each one of our, our picks. But I can confidently say <clears throat> that it is definitely on both of our lists. Without even having to make the list, I know this is a movie that's going to be up there. It's going to be pretty high. We were really excited when we left the movie theater. And I remember we seen the preview for this in theaters. I don't remember what we went to see. I don't either, but we've seen the preview and I immediately went to turn to you to be like, 
oh, that looks fucking awesome. And I remember you saying, I don't know about that. <laughs> it shook the wind right out of my sails. <laughs> it was just a, you know, watching the preview for the first time, I was like, what a hand like you 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 shake this hand and it possesses you like i don't know man it was a good movie uh i I said i didn't know it could have been either really good or it could have been really fucking dumb yeah i was like it was good i had this big smile on my face because i was like oh this looks cool and then i was like oh man i went to go to you i don't know about that and i remember just taking a second and being like i think it's gonna be good well any, <laughs> anything with a24 on it I'll, I'll i'll give it the benefit of the doubt and watch I, it i will say you know i still got beef with a24 for not doing the lodge like what a what a mistake yeah that's an a24 movie. that is an a24 movie that movie's so fucking good man that was another like I don't even remember that shit coming out uh, that, I, just, that it, I just it was a random walmart so it just came out and that, you know, I bought two movies that day, and one of them really fucking sucked, and one of them was so good it made up for the other one. That episode that we did on the lodge has done really well on uh, Apple. That's a, so, that's a good. So thank you, people that use Apple for really liking the lodge because that is a movie that we covered because we wanted people to go out and watch that shit. Yeah. And uh, apparently people who use, you know, iTunes or Apple Music, whatever it is, really have uh, accepted that episode. And I'm very happy. Yeah, that's that's Spotify people. I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. (laughs) Listen to The Lodge, though, because uh, or even if you don't listen to it, just go watch The Lodge. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. That's why I that's why it came to my head initially was I was trying to think of a underappreciated movie that I wanted people to go see and I think we both agreed that that was a really underappreciated movie that's really just even on the horror movie pages and stuff you just never see people really talk about it and it's it's a fucking really good movie oh and people that have listened to all the episodes um you'll recognize you'll understand why I bring this up but look behind you look behind you Oh, you found it. I found the Three from Hell poster that has been missing since this podcast started. (laughs) Before that. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I mean, like, I didn't even realize that it was missing. And I was just, like, you know, organizing some stuff, uh, putting some stuff up for, like, the the podcast for the show. And I'm like, where the fuck is that Three from Hell poster? I knew I gave that shit to you. I told you I remember you giving it to me, but I'm like, I don't know where it could have been. I literally had it, like, folded in between two i don't remember what i had but i had it sitting in between so it didn't get bent up at all and i'd kept it there the whole time you were deployed until you got home (laughs) and then i remember giving it to you when i gave you like some shit i gotten you for christmas that year and that's why i was like you had to lost it somewhere kept that thing in pristine condition well now it's hanging up and uh, I thought you noticed it when you first came in, and I was like, well, I'll just save it for the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all we got to really say about Talk To Me. Uh, great movie. I assume if you listen to this episode, you've seen it. But if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's it's wonderful. Uh, you got any last words? Hmm. What's going on in my pants? That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> 